believe it or not, we're going to finish up First Peter today. What a way to end it. So we'll be in First Peter chapter 5, and I was, went back and counted it, and I think there have been 18 sermons coming out of First Peter. So for almost 18 Sundays, we've been in First Peter. And I never thought we'd got 18 sermons out of five chapters, but well, we sure did. Uh, but I've enjoyed it. Y'all probably are bored and ready to move on. I don't know. But uh, today we're going to put the nail in the coffin. We're going to finish it up. And uh, it'll be, I think it's needed for me more than anybody. Y'all fight with me afterwards if you want to. But this is one that, uh, you know, as a Christian, we fight the devil tooth and nail. I mean, that's just the way it is. It's something that, that uh, we're promised that once we're saved, the devil is just going to make it a lot harder on us. But as a preacher, he tends to make it even a little bit harder on you. And so studying this out this week amongst everything else I've had going on in the world, trying to get ready for Bible school and everything else, I've, I have found that the devil has actually used Bible school against me this past couple weeks, three weeks. He has tried his best to distract me, to keep me from writing lessons, from studying, from trying to split my time between work and home life and everything else i got going on. So I will be the first to tell you the devil can use church against you sometimes too. He can, and he can find a way to try to overwhelm you and take away from things that you love and things that you like to do. Family, he'll do that. Because we know the devil is a line. We, we sing the song, and, and Paisley and, and Abby, they like the Lion King, but, you know, some of y'all that are older, you know, you knew the original song, you know, In the Jungle, the Mighty Jungle, the Lion Sleeps Tonight. You know, that, that song, we think about it, says the Lion Sleeps Tonight. Well, the thing about the devil is the devil don't sleep. He don't take a break. He is a lion, and he's prowling around. He's crawling around. He is looking for something to devour. He's looking to try to figure out a way to make our lives extremely difficult. That's what he wants. He wants to make it as hard on us as possible. And if you're going to make it hard on us, then you can't sleep. But then you look at the other side of it, and God don't rest either. God don't take a vacation. God's active. He's busy all the time. And he's all the time taking care of his children. He's all the time trying to make sure that his children are being comforted, are being loved, are feeling his love and feeling his grace and, and experiencing his mercy so that God doesn't rest either. So when the devil's fighting us, God's hard at work protecting us as well. This morning, we're going to, again, look at the last part of Peter here. And it talks about the line, and the line never snoozes. He doesn't take a break. And he says, Peter's telling us right here, this line has been devouring unsuspecting prey since the beginning of time. Now, we know that at the beginning of time, he wasn't really considered a lion. He was a serpent. But he's still making it hard on his people, on God's people. Since the beginning of time, that line, of course, we know is the devil. And his aim is to make his, is take as many to hell with him as possible. We know the devil does not want anybody in heaven. And then, of course, we look at God, and God doesn't want anyone to go to hell. But it's, it's free will. If you don't make the choice to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then the devil has won. 
And then you will get to spend eternity with him. And you'll regret that. So he's going to fight tooth and nail to draw, drag. If you ever watch the lion, not in real life probably, but if you ever watch him on Discovery Channel or whatever, they can drag carcasses with them to their den. They can drag these whatever antelope, whatever they eat down there in Africa. They can take that carcass and they can drag it back to wherever they're, they're living, to their den, if they want to. They can sit there and eat it on the spot or they can take it home with them. I want you to think about the devil today dragging your carcass to where he lives. And that would be dragging you to hell. We can prevent that. You can prevent that by staying alert. By staying alert. That's something I was watching I, this week as I was studying on this. I got on, of course, me. I, I think I I get distracted very easy. So I got on YouTube and I was looking at, at lines. And one of the videos I found was a guy sitting on the back of like a, a Land Rover in Africa. And he's looking at lines and around as he's looking at the this guy sitting here. The, on the back, and he's looking over here at the camera and saying something, but as he's talking, a line actually comes out from around beside the truck and is looking up at him. And you almost just see the saliva just dripping out of his mouth like that's a free meal. But that's the devil. We get so distracted looking over here at things of the world, the devil's going to slip around here and, and take your legs out from under you and drag you back. So we've got to be alert. Those guys that, that go on safaris down in Africa and they're out there hunting lions. Yeah, one of them goes in with a, a dart gun or a blow gun. Or so, you know, those guys that do that exotic hunting, they take those little dart guns out there and they want to try to kill something with little dart guns, take it out. But there's like five guys behind him with these rifles because all he's going to do is make that lion mad. But they go in because one person going in, you got to stay alert. A bunch of people going in, you all have to stay alert. In this life that we're living right now so that we don't become lying desert, we have to stay alert. We've got to stay on our toes at all times. We've got to be looking for the devil and making sure that we fight him tooth and nail because that's what he's doing to us, fighting us tooth and nail. He's out to get us. And that's a good thing Peter has, has written what he's written here in the last chapter to help us stay alert. To keep us alert. If you got your Bibles open to First Peter chapter five, we're going to be in verse five through fourteen. If you will stand with me, y'all listen. If I hadn't said stand with me, y'all just sit there, wouldn't you? You thought I was going to read a lot like last week. Five through fourteen. Bible says, likewise, we younger submit yourselves unto the elder. Yeah, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resisteth steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us into his eternal glory by Jesus Christ, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, and strengthen, settle you. 
To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. But Silvanus and or a faithful brother unto you, as I suppose I have written briefly exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God wherein ye stand. The church that is in Babylon elected together you with you, and it says here, saluteth you and do and so doth Marcus, my son. That's actually Mark, if you really read into that. Greet ye one another with a kiss of charity. Remember, charity is love. So it says, Greet ye one another with a kiss of love. Peace be with you, all that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, this morning, as uh, we have uh, been able to try to be a witness this week, uh, Lord, to be with those that are lost, those that are struggling, those that are hurting, Lord, those that just need a touch, Lord, I pray that this week that we have been able to show your light. Lord, I pray that we have been a vessel that has been able to be used uh, for a hurting world that we're living in right now. God, I pray this week that your name's been glorified in anything that we've said and done. I pray this week that we've been able to witness to someone that is lost and bound for hell. But Lord, I pray this week, whatever we have said and done, Lord, let's give you uh, praise, honor, and glory. Lord, today as we uh, finish up this book of uh, First Peter, I pray that uh, what's been said and done over the past several weeks has pleased you. Lord, I hope it's been a, a help to someone here at the church. Lord, I hope it's been something that's been needed in someone's life, whether it just be one or two or all, whatever, however many messages we've had. Lord, I pray that it's been a help to someone. And Lord, we just thank you for Peter's uh, word, his pen, and Lord, just for you being there with him to guide him through this book. Lord, today as we do wrap it up, I pray that uh, we would take this to heart and, Lord, we would stay alert in all that we do in this world. Lord, as we go to work or we go to church or we even go to school, wherever we go, that we'd stay alert and be mindful of the devil and what he's doing and what he's trying to do to us and how he's trying to destroy your people. Lord, I pray that we would keep our eyes open and our guard up no matter where we go. Lord, we thank you. We praise you today. All in your son's name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. One of, these, one of these Sundays, I'm not going to tell you all to sit down. I'm going to see what happens. I'm just going to see if you stand the whole time. If you do, don't lock your knees. That's all I'm going to say. First thing we're going to look at this morning, and this is something that Peter pulled up, pointed out really fast, is that we are to live a life that is humble. Be humble. When Peter wrote this, he knew exactly what he was saying. He knew Jesus, and he knew that if we were going to mirror ourselves around anyone, or we're going to try to, to mimic anyone, that it had to be Jesus. And Jesus was what? He was a humble man. The most humble man that you'll ever meet, because you can still meet him. But he was humble. Peter's telling us we have to do the same thing. Humble yourselves. Be a humble servant. Be a humble Christian. Be a humble brother. Be a humble... Uh, sister, be a humble husband and a humble wife. Be a humble child, but be humble. Whatever you do, just be humble. It was pride that Satan, got, uh, Satan kicked out of heaven. We know that. He wanted to be above God, and so he was sent down. But it was pride. We can't be prideful people. We have to be humble people. Preacher Ray says, the old saying, spit your pride out, or uh, swallow your pride, he says, spit your pride out. Don't let it taint your body. 
If you're a prideful person, get that out of your system because we as Christians are to be humble people, not proud people. We're taught that pride in our lives, it goes before destruction. That's over in Proverbs 16, 18. It says, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. What does it mean? It means that we have to allow ourselves to get close to sin. Because in our pride, we think that we can never fall in it. Pride says, get as close to the edge as possible because you ain't going to fall. That's what pride says. Get as close as you want to to that sin and you won't fall. But in reality, we know what happens. When we get that close to the edge, when we get that close to sin, and we're, we're just within just almost a touch of it, we're going to want to touch it. Amen. Just like any youngin'. They see something, they ain't, don't touch that. Well, we say, don't touch that. What do they do? They touch that. We're just like them youngins. When it comes to sin, don't touch that sin. That's what God's telling us. Don't you dare touch that sin. Don't you even look at that sin. What do we do? We look at that sin. We touch that sin. It's because of pride. Not humility, but because of pride. The problem is that we're called to do work here on earth. As Christians, we're called to go into places sometimes you wouldn't go. We're called to be around people that, as Christians, we don't typically want to be around. The sinners, the sin-filled places, we don't, want to, we don't need to be there because of the type of people that you're around. We don't want to be in, in amongst that people because it's not church-going people. It's not Christians. But as Christians, sometimes you're called to witness to folks and maybe in places that you wouldn't normally go to. But we are to be a witness but here's the thing, we've got to keep our guard up. Because when you get into those places to, to, to be a witness, sometimes you can get drawn into those places. You can get drawn into that sin. And you've got to st- stay away from it. We've got to stay on full alert, alert. Keep our guard up. Even though we're in a place where we, we wouldn't normally be, keep your guard up because the devil's going to jump on that. He's going to say, oh, let's just go ahead and tempt that person. Let's just go ahead and, and show them what a good time they can have here or what they can say and do here and, and, and keep it kind of secret. It'll get out. It'll get out. Stay away from that temptation. In our lives, we have to live a humble life under God's mighty hand. It has to be under God's hand. It can't be in our might because we know that by our might, we can't do anything. We're not strong enough, uh, even as a Christian. We ain't strong enough on our own to fight the devil off. On our own, we can't do anything. The Bible tells us that. For without me, you can do nothing. That's God telling us without him, without Jesus Christ, we can't fight the devil off by ourselves. It takes Jesus to do that. None of us are above falling into sin. I know we're we're saved. I know as Christians that we are called to to live a different life, to be different people, but we're not above falling into sin because we can all slip. We can all slip. We can all say something or do something or be somewhere, something that is not of God. We can do that, but we can ask for forgiveness, and God will make us stronger, and he'll help us stay more alert so that it doesn't happen again. If we realize who we are and rely on the power of God, 
to stand up to these temptations, then we will stay alert. But we have to rely on God to be with us and to help us if we're going to stay alert. Remember, that lion, he's prowling around out there. Stay alert. Number two, live without second-guessing God. How many times have have you second-guessed God? How many times have you said, are you sure? Are you sure? We've all done it at least once. I I promise you that. Lord, are you sure that's what you want me to do? Is that what you want me to say? Is that where you want me to be? Are you sure? We we second-guess a lot of people. Are you sure that's what's wrong with my truck? Are you sure that's what's wrong with my house? Are you sure? And so we carry that over into our Christian life, and we look at God and we say, God, are you sure? We've got to live a life that doesn't second-guess God and know that God is right the first time and know that God is doing exactly what he wants us to do, putting us where he wants us to be, saying what he wants us to say, but we got to understand that God's right. Don't second-guess him. Look at, at verse 7. It says, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. When we cast our cares on the Lord, that makes us alert. That means that all the things in our lives that have burdened us down, that have gotten us down, those cares, that we have given them to him. Casting. We're giving it to him. We're handing it over to him. The word care, it's, it's, almost a, it's almost like a diversion. When we have cares, when we have uh, concerns in our lives, those are diversions. When we have those concerns in our lives, we start looking at concerns and then we take our focus off of God and what He can do for us. When we have concerns, we get burdened down, bogged down, weighed down. We have things in our lives that has taken our focus off of the main thing, and the main thing is God. And we allow the worldly things and the concerns in our lives to weigh us down. It's a diversion. Cares can be a diversion. Not that we're not supposed to care about things. But the word care in the Bible here means concern. And so we are to not let our concerns distract us. The story I thought of, and we just went through this a few a few Wednesday nights ago, was Mary and Martha. Remember Mary and Martha? There was some concern there because uh, Martha was at the feet of Jesus. Or Mary, I'm sorry, Mary was at the feet of Jesus, and Martha was fussing because she needed help. She didn't. It didn't dawn on her that Jesus himself was in the house and he was teaching, and Mary was at the feet and and and, li- and listening. Martha could have been doing the same thing, but what was she doing? She was fussing and fussing in front of Jesus. She was distracted. She even complained to Jesus that Mary wasn't doing anything to help her. Complained to Jesus. That whole story sometimes just blows my mind. How you can have the Son of God in your house and you're whining because your sister ain't doing her part. Don't make any sense. But she did it anyway. She was distracted. She had concerns. She didn't cast her cares on Jesus like she was supposed to. She was worried about it. She was focused on it. She was distracted. And we can get so distracted by concerns in our lives. When we're distracted, 
We're taking our eyes off of Jesus. The devil, he keeps on planting diversions. There's diversions in all our lives right now. Every one of us has got something going on that the devil has planted in our lives that's distracted us from taking our, or from keeping our eyes on Jesus. It could be something as simple as a promotion at work. You are distracted because you're focusing on that promotion. It could be schoolwork or school in general, not schoolwork, but it could be school in general. You're so focused on school and, and your studies that you've taken your eyes off Jesus. You could be so distracted by the thought of switching jobs or even losing a job that you have taken your eyes off Jesus. All those things and, and a lot more in this life, we need Jesus. We need his guidance. When it comes to school or work, life in general, we got to have him in our lives to help lead us through those decisions that we're making. We have to seek his face to make the right decisions, whether it be do I want to be promoted? Do I want to switch jobs? Am I, do I need to leave this job? Do I need to be taking these classes? Whatever it might be, the decisions that we make in this life, we need to be seeking God's face and making those decision, decisions. And st Satan will stop at nothing to get us to rely on ourselves instead of God so that we end up worrying. He will distract us and take our minds off of God. And we know what the sin of worrying is. That's not our sin of not trusting is worrying. When we're worrying, we're not trusting God. If we're trusting God, we're not worrying. But when the devil tries to make us rely on ourselves, that means that we just broken the first commandment. Thou shalt not have any other gods before him because we've just made ourselves a God because we have thought, I can do this on my own. We don't need God Thou shalt not have no or any other gods before him. Stay alert and believe in God and truly casting your cares on him. And there's no better place to take your concerns than to Jesus. The way I, th I think of it is we have a lot of stuff going on in our lives. And if you could sit down and just on a piece of paper, just start writing down your concerns, your worries, your burdens, Start writing them all down. Get you a book, because Lord knows it would be more than a page for a lot of us. And you write all that stuff down. What we do, we take that, we can wad that up, and we can put that thing in a bag, and we can bring it to Jesus, we can lay it at the altar, and we can just let him have it. Because the Bible tells us to lay our cares on him, our burdens on him, casting our cares upon him, casting, giving it to him relying on him to take it so we put all our cares in that bag and we cast it we give it to jesus and we are to walk away from it let him take that away from us let him have it peter tells us cast all your cares it doesn't say some of your cares he says casting all your care upon him for he careth for you jesus loves you so much that not only was he willing to die on the cross for you even right now, he is willing to take every burden, everything that has weighed you down, every care that you have right now, every concern that's on your heart. He says, I will take it. I will not just take it. I will gladly take it from you, but you're going to have to turn loose. Let me have it. Put all your concerns in that bag, and you hand that bag to Jesus, and you say, here it is. I'm done. Think of it like going to the dump. You put all your trash in that trash bag. You tie it. Well, I tie it up. My family don't know how to tie a trash bag. I go down the road and it's blowing out the bed of the truck. 
but you put all your trash in the trash bag, you tie it up, and you throw it in the dump, and you walk away. How many times have you, don't answer this, how many times have you ever went back to the dump because you threw something away that you wanted? Hopefully never, but you know what I mean. When you take that trash out, it's gone, and you don't ever see it again. Jesus says, bring me your trash bag. Bring me your trash bag full of burdens. Bring me your trash bag full of concerns. Just bring it to me, and I'm going to take it from here, and you're not going to have to worry about it anymore. The Greek verb for cast says to pack those cares. Pack, care. Whenever you look at casting, that's packing. So pack them things in a box. Pack them things in your bag and cast it. Throw it to Jesus and let him take it and do something else with it, something that you can't do with it, but he'll do something with it for you. Sounds easy to do, don't it? Just put it in a bag, give it to Jesus. Put it in a box, give it to Jesus. Just throw it away. Just give it to him, cast it to him. It ought to be easy. We carefully pack those concerns in that box, and we take them to Jesus, but we don't let go of that bag, or we don't let go of that box. It's like a tug of war with Jesus. We pack it in, and we try to hand it over to him, but we just can't let go. We just we keep one hand on it or one finger on it. We're just, we just can't let it go. We want to have some type of a control because we don't trust. We, we're, to, we're to live a life that is a trusting life, trusting God with all that we do. We are to trust him, but we still just find it hard. It's difficult to trust him, so we want to hang on to that concern. We think that if we don't at least keep an eye on our problems, it will never get solved. How many of y'all might be in a leadership position at your, at your workplace, and you have people that work under you, and you want to be copied on that email? Or you want to see that report before it's submitted to whoever. Yeah, that's because we want to keep our eye on it. We, we, we just want to make sure that it's done correctly. Well, if God's got a hand in it, it's going to be done right. It's going to be done the right way. But we just want to hold on to it. So instead of letting God carry our problems and lead where we go, we try to lead God instead. God's supposed to be the forerunner. He's supposed to be before us. He is, he's always before us. He's going, and we follow him. But because he has that bag, we want to lead him. Because he has our concerns, we want to lead him because we want him to go in our direction. We want to take Jesus by the hand and say, hey, follow me, and let me show you where you can put that trash bag. Let me show you where you can put that box of, of stuff that I'm trying to get rid of. Let me show you what to do with it. Instead of God saying, let me show you what I can do with it. And so we end up writing Jesus off sometimes as just a, just a pack mule. Just somebody that's just, that we can lead around. Because pack mule, you lead a pack mule around. You get, up on your, you get up on your horse and you're riding around and your pack mule's behind you. Pack mules don't lead you, you lead them. And that's how we treat God sometimes, as a pack mule. Let him have your burdens. Third thing, live with an understanding of who the enemy is. If you ain't figured out who the enemy is yet, you've been sleeping. I think we can all agree that the enemy is the devil. That's, that's what the Bible tells us. That's what we know. Verse 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resisteth, who resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. 
In order to be alert, we need to understand that our enemy is not other people. We're quick to blame somebody else in this world. We're quick to say, so-and-so did this to me. We're quick to say that this group of people did this to me. But I need you to understand this morning that our enemy is not a person here on earth that we're thinking. It's not your spouse. It's not your husband. It's not your wife. It's not your children. It's not your boss. It's not the preacher. And it ain't the church. The enemy this morning is the devil. Flat out, I can't put enough exclamation marks out beside that right now. The enemy is the devil. If you're having issues, I promise you it's the devil. It has nothing to do with a spouse or a child. It's the devil. The devil is working in you. He might be working through them, but it's the devil. It's not the person that you're with. It is the devil. Don't try to point that back at somebody that you love and say, it's your fault. You point and say, that's the devil's fault. That is, the devil has done this to me. He is the one that's through the wrench in our lives. It is the devil that's doing that. The real enemy is Satan and his desire to devour you. That's what he wants. When a relationship is rocky, it is because the devil has got his way. He's trying to devour one or both in that marriage. It's the devil working and doing his thing. The devil climbs over the fence where it's the lowest. It's like cattle. Mike, how's you, how, how often? Once a week, twice a week, how often do your cattle get out? Once a month? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> do, you know, do you know why cattle get out? Not because he doesn't fence well, but it's, they, they go out and they test the fence a lot of times. They'll find a weak spot. They'll find a low spot. Or in our case at the house, they find the high spot and they go under it. But they find a spot. Don't laugh. <laughs> it's not my fencing job. <laughs> you don't have fence. <laughs> He's got free-range cattle. But they, the cattle will find in a horse the same way. Go, I don't do goats. I can't tell you how they live. But they will find a weak spot. They'll find a low spot. They'll find a high spot. But they'll find a spot that is not strong. And that's where they try to go through. The devil's the same way. The devil will find a weak spot in you, and that's where he will get a toehold. The devil will find something in your life that you're just not strong enough to fight, and he will jump right in on that spot, and he will go through, and he'll make it hard on you. That's the enemy. Satan is going to exploit your weakness until he sees that it is not a weakness anymore. He's just going to keep on keeping on. And at some point, you're going to keep fighting and fighting, and you're going to get stronger and stronger, and God's going to finally mend and patch that weak spot in your life. But the devil never plays fair. So if we're going to be alert, then we need to understand who the enemy is, and the enemy is Satan. Fourth thing, live with an understanding of who God is. So you, you kind of get an understanding. Hopefully you all got it now. You know who the enemy is. Now you've got to understand who God is and what God can do for you. Verse 10 says, But the God of all grace who hath called us into the eternal glory by Christ Jesus, 
After that, ye have suffered a while. Make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. He might preach. I don't know what he's doing over there. That, that's, I think that's about to be my amen corner. Now he's laughing at it. When you, <laughs> when you fall, turn to Jesus for forgiveness because he has already defeated the devil. You know, when you think about things in life, when you, when you come across a situation in your life that you've never experienced, you've never dealt with, and you don't know how to handle it, who do you turn to? You turn to somebody that has dealt with it, has experienced it, and has overcome it. If you've ever had to, to battle with cancer, yeah, you've got doctors that you can go to and talk to, but some of your best support groups are, are, and people are those that have had to go through it too. And so when you struggle in life with the devil and you've fallen into temptation, I can't think of a better person in the world to turn to than Jesus because he fought the devil tooth and nail. The devil fought Jesus tooth and nail. He went straight to where? The pinnacle. And Jesus, he fought him off. He fought him off. Jesus said, not right now. Not never. He fought him. And so we can turn to Jesus and said, Jesus, I need your help. The devil's tempting me right now. I need your help. That word right there, humble, that's what we got to do. That altar's always been open. But all you got to do is just humble yourself. You take that pride and you get rid of it. You take that pride and you spit it out. You take that pride and you give it to Jesus in that little bag of trash. and You say, Jesus, take this pride. I can't deal with this no more. But you humble yourself. That's all you got to do is humble yourself. Jesus was tempted just like we are. He was tempted by Satan. And he said, get behind me. He said, just get behind me. Peter said the same thing. Just get behind me. We can do the same thing. Just follow suit. Follow Jesus. Jesus said no. We can say no. Can you imagine how disappointed the devil must have been at Jesus' resurrection? I always think about that at Easter. For a few short days there, Jesus, there in the, in the tomb, and the devil and all his little demons were... They was all celebrating. They was all happy because they had done it. They had conquered Jesus, and they got their way. Can you imagine the look on their face? Jesus got up and walked out. That look, a defeat. Now the devil's like, I don't know what to do now. Let's go to plan B. So guess, guess who plan B is? Everybody in here, raise your hand. Yeah, y'all can raise your hand. You're plan B. You're plan B. 
devil's going to work on you now because Jesus done defeated him, and he thinks he can defeat you. We're, we're part of the kingdom as Christians. We're, we're sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. We're joint heirs to heaven, joint heirs. So what in the world makes the devil think that he can do anything to us when Jesus has already overcome it? He's already got the victory, but he's still going to fight and try to make it hard on us. Through Jesus, through Jesus, victory is ours. Victory in Jesus. We sing it. We sing it. Victory in Jesus. I ain't going to sing it, but we do sing it. Through Jesus, God has made us strong. And through that strength, we can please Him. We can give Him glory because it's through Him that we can continue this battle against the devil. How could God love us? You ever, you ever thought about that for just a moment? You ever just sit and think about yourself? How could God love me? How could God love this? How can God love this? And then I'll stop and think for a second. Well, he made me in his image, and I love him. He loves me. They much here love, but what little is here, he loves. Beyond measure, he loves me. And I take it a step further and say, how in the world God love me? And then I remember the cross. And then I remember Jesus. It's because of Jesus that he loves me the way he loves me. If we, if we stay in Jesus, if we remain in Jesus, then the lion's roar is going to sound more like a kitten's purr. And it ain't going to be as loud as it used to be. But we have to stay in Jesus. Stay in him. Stick with him. And we'll be able to defeat the devil. Last thing. Live leaning on each other to get through this life. Now, there's that little part there towards the end that we don't read very often when we read it. We always kind of stop right around there, around verse 8 and 9. But go down there towards the bottom, verse 12, it says, But Silvanus, a faithful brother unto you, as, a, as I suppose, I have written briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God wherein you stand. The church that is at Babylon... Elected together with you, saluteth you, and so doth Marcus, my son. Greet ye one another with a kiss of charity. Peace be with you all that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. We need one another. I can't tell y'all this enough. I need each one of y'all every day. I need your prayers. But each one of y'all need each other as well. We need each other. We need to get through this life, and we can't get through it alone. We've got Jesus, but we've got one another. And Peter was telling us here, he's talking about Silas, and he's talking about Mark. If you want to, the, the, the names that we're familiar with here, it's Silas and Mark. And he said, I need y'all. I'm going to take Peter's closing words right here and finish this up. He mentioned two of his closest friends. Peter probably had a lot of friends, but through the years he lost his friends. 
because some of his friends become martyrs. Peter did too. But he needed somebody that he could trust, somebody that he was close to. And he says that, that Silas and Mark here, and of course Mark wrote the, the Gospel of Mark, he says, he says, we need each other. We just, we just need each other. I just want y'all to think about this church for a second. Just look around. We need each other. I can't depend on work to get me through. I can't depend on anything in this world to get me through. But I can depend on this church. I need you. We need each other. We need brothers and sisters. We need Christians. We need Christ-like people. We need believers. We need each other. Just like Peter said here about Silas and Mark. I need you. We're called to carry each other's burdens. We got our own. But sometimes we've got to share the load with others. I've done turned in my wheelbarrow for a dump truck. Feels like. The calls you get, the text messages you get, the in-person requests that you get, it just seems like the burdens keep coming. They keep coming. They keep coming. And you just can't say no because we're to carry each other's burdens. We're to help carry the load, to share the load. As Christians. And so if I've got to turn my dump truck in and get me a bigger truck, so be it. But I'll keep carrying as long as I can carry. Because we need each other. We need to share that load. And it's hard to live a Christian life, but when we have faithful brothers and sisters to pray for us, it sure does make it a lot easier. When I ask y'all to pray, and you do, it sure does make life a lot easier. When y'all ask for prayer, I sure hope it makes your life a lot easier. But we need one another. So live a life leaning on each other and leaning on Jesus. Live a life that is pleasing to God. Remember who he is, but also remember who the devil is and what we're fighting. Let's pray. Father, this morning as we close, Lord, we just thank you for this life that you've given us to live. As Christians, Lord, I pray that uh, we not take it for granted. Lord, I pray that every breath that you've given us, that we take advantage of it. Lord, that we try our best to, to be a witness to those that are lost. But God, I pray today as, as we look at this last part of, of Peter, we're reminded of who the devil is, what the devil can do, and just how strong he really is, and how he can tear you apart, just like, a, just like a line. He can destroy you. And God, I pray today that we'd be more alert as Christians. We'd be on our toes at all times. Lord, we would continue to be on, not just alert, but high alert, and keep our guard up. Lord, keep this, this armor on that we have. Lord, keep it 
cleaned up and, and in tune, Father, and, and always able to use it to protect ourselves. But God, I pray that we would lean on you for that guidance and that strength. Lord, we'd lean on your strong arm, Lord, to fight off this devil, fight off this line that keeps tracing us. Lord, everywhere we go, there he is. As he's seeking out his prey to devour us, Lord, I, I pray that we would rely on you to help fight him off, but we could rely on each other as well. Lord, thank you for this group here at the church. Lord, I pray that you would continue to grow us and keep us strong because it takes a group like this to fight the devil sometimes with you swinging the sword. Now I pray, God, today that uh, we have that trust in you and we have that trust in one another to get us through this. Whatever the circumstance might be in our life, Lord, we would lean on you and we would trust each other to get us through it. We thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for the hearts that are here. And I pray, God, that you would uh, be with each one of us. Father, as we, we begin this journey tomorrow night with Bible school, let us be a light to a lost child. Let us show that child what love is through Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that we do pray for salvation. But we pray, Father, that you would bless this church as well. Bring those lost children here. Bring their parents here as well. So that, that family, those individuals will come to know and accept you as their Lord and Savior. We thank you for this time. Be with us as we prepare. Be with us this week. All in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to, y'all go do whatever you want to do, but we're going to break down inside the church and, and start putting some stuff up. But if you're able to stay, please do hang out with us, and uh, um, we'll see y'all back here tomorrow night. 6.30-ish, 6, 6.30.